Are you in need of family law legal services? Contact fathermatters.org. Our purpose is to provide free legal assistance services to fathers and their families. Remember, you have the right to see your children, and no parent can take that right away from you. Being responsible financially for your children is required by law, but even parents without financial means have the right to see their children. Don't let a legal matter stop you from being an excellent and involved parent. For more information about free family law legal services, log on to fathermatters.org. That's fathermatters.org. This is the Father Matters Show with your host, Vance Sims. Father Matters is committed to building stronger, healthier communities by supporting, encouraging, and enlightening today's fathers and families. And now, your host, Vance Sims. Welcome to the Father Matters Show. I'm your host, Vance Sims. Thank you for joining us on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. If you have not yet partnered with Father Matters, would you please consider becoming a Father Matters partner? The Father Matters Show is listener supported and all Father Matters programs and services are free to the community because of your generous donations. For more information about donating to Father Matters, log on to fathermatters.org and click the Donate to Father Matters icon. Just like we knew it, we've got tons and tons of phone calls and emails regarding our Father Matters Court and Custody Conference that we just had last month. It was a powerful, powerful day. We had Scott Leakin, Leakin from Division of Child Support Services. We had Wendy Hernandez of Hernandez Law Firm. Janet Bell and Casey Melzak represented the Department of Child Safety. Pamela Donison of Donison Law Firm. And we had Carlos Knoll, Office of the Attorney General. It was a jam-packed, powerful conference, and we were asked if we can air it on a radio show. We, if, if we, if, you know, we missed some clips. We had people from around the country said, of course, I couldn't fly to Phoenix, Arizona, but this is something very dear to me. I'm going through a custody battle. I'm going through a divorce. I'm, uh, my children are, air, are in, in custody of um, Department of Child Safety. So we said we will air this, and we're going to air it right here. And most likely, yes, we will do a two-part, okay? So this week, we're going to do... Part one, and then next week we'll do part two. We'll come back next week and do part two. So, Jeremy, we're going to kick this off. This was a panel discussion that we had with the professionals and, and leaders of the community. We had Q&A. It is very, very powerful. Um, tune in to this. Listen to this right now. This is from the Court and Custody Conference, the panel. Well, the important thing to remember is is partner with us and communicate with us on a regular basis. And, and I want to touch on one thing Jessica said is, you know, Coming into this world, and I only came into child support four years ago, um, and when I started reading our documentation, it was so heavily biased against men. I'm like asking me when I'm filling out an application if I'm pregnant and you know these type of things, and it automatically assumed that the man was going to be the one paying the child support. So I'm like, we really need to change this. And every time I would bring this up, and there are a majority of women that work in, in DES, 75% of the workforce is female, and they didn't think that way. So one of the things that we really pushed is getting out to the advocate groups, getting out to the fatherhood groups, and having them review the documentation as well from the perspective of a man. And that was really critical for us because it really changed the tone 
because it made our case manager start thinking a little differently as well that this is a partnership and we need to hear your voice if there's something we're not doing right please tell us that you know we take every you know concern complaint seriously and we try to fix those as we go forward not everything we can fix i mean i can tell you i'm living with a 25 year old computer system it has green screens so if any of you are working in you know anything technology nowadays you'll know green screen is like very antiquated so there are some things that we can do easily and there's other things we can't so you know programming these things is just a monstrosity but your partnership and feedback is critical on both sides because the only way we can improve our organization and improve the way we deliver our services is to have that feedback and you know we're not the only game in town in Arizona there's two systems for child support you can go through the clerk of the court on your own and and they can garnish your wages and they can bring you to contempt if the other party brings you there. But our program offers a lot more services that protect both parties and make sure that money gets delivered. Anybody else want? I think with the Department of Child Safety, our director has made a committed effort to being available to the community. So if you're seeing an issue with your case or um, a problem in the community that you're noticing, I think through our website, which is really relatively new to us, um, that they've made a really concerted effort to be responsive to the community and responsive to families. So there's been plenty of times where we've received emails from the director just from relatives or parents expressing concern about their case and how their case is being handled, and he really takes an invested interest in it. Um, as well as we do. So if it comes to our attention as well, we will definitely um, try to work as hard as we can to find out a solution for your family. What about you, uh, Attorney General? I know that you work on the child support side, um, but because you handle legal side of it, you know, child support only handles so much part of that process. Um, And it's harder for you guys because you're handling on the representative of child support. So you probably really don't, can't really handle too much complaints. But I know... Uh, is there a process if uh, people have a, a complaint or want to change the system in some type of way when it comes to the law? Wow, that, so that's a big question. So um, I'll start out small. As far as if anybody ever has any complaints with anyone in the, you know, any assistant attorney general or any uh, staff member of the attorney general's office, you can always, I think on the website, they have a telephone number for complaints, and they address Trust me, I've had to address things with people in my office before. Um, but I, I guess bigger point about, you know, changing stuff, I mean, I think the first step is just, you know, becoming knowledgeable and being, I think we say something like being a partner in your case. And so all of you guys that are here, um, you know, y'all are, you know, interested in your case and you want information. And it sounds like your advocates for yourselves, which is probably the most important thing you can do. Um, so that's always good to show up to these things, get the information, uh, network. Um, you guys heard from two attorneys today. Both had great things to say, so hopefully you all were paying attention. Um, two different agencies had a lot of information. So the more informed you are, you know, the better off you're going to be in the long run. Thank you. Um, and does anyone have any questions? We'd, we'd love for you to come up and, and ask. Go ahead. You can come up to the mic. So I'm a grandma that wants some rights, but anyhow. But what what I was wondering is, um, my uh, my case is then through my son's our granddaughter, and she's in Colorado, so you probably don't know. But I know that he 
kind of wanting to get out of the situation just gave her, the mother, all rights. And um, part of it was the mom saying, well, you know, in Colorado, the judges always give moms um, custody, full custody, until the child's three. Is there any kind of, um, have you heard anything like that? Or how about in Arizona? Does, it, does the mom automatically get custody um, if the child is at a certain age? Thank you. No. <laughs> so I don't know uh, Colorado's laws, and I, I, I'm not going to pick today to commit malpractice in Colorado, but <laughs> there, there was, I think, and, and possibly in some states there still exists, what's called the tender age doctrine. And the tender age doctrine is an extremely sexist ideal that says that only women can raise infants. And I think we know that that's not exactly true. What we do know developmentally is that infants attach and they bond and they need to do that with both parents in order to be successful and healthy and well-developed kids. So Colorado, that idea that uh, moms always get sole custody for children under three, that would fall within that tender age doctrine. And while we, um, I think in Arizona, kind of look at that and say, wow, that's an outdated idea, um, it does it, it is prevalent in some other places, um, particularly, I think, East Coast and Southeast, where the laws have been on the books for a much longer than we've had laws on the books. But in Arizona, the idea is that both parents should be involved from day one and as much as possible. So when you have an infant, it's often not feasible or possible, for example, to share week-on, week-off parenting time because a baby won't know you in a week. So we have to have much uh, shorter duration of, of parenting time and more frequent. And that just, uh, as the child develops and matures, then you can have a little different schedule that goes more to a pure equal time. But I think that idea of uh, the mom being the only caregiver up until age three is, um, sociologically speaking, has been disproven. Thank you. Sir? Okay, um, well, I have a couple of questions and one comment. I guess I'll comment first. Um, it was about how you mentioned how you guys have are still on like a 25-year-old system in the green screen. Um, one thing I did, I don't know if it's necessarily good, I still, uh, after uh, my conference, I actually um, put together my um, response and sent that to the uh, Attorney General Mark uh, Brnovich through Facebook, and I noticed that I could attach files and just send that, and I noticed that was a faster system, um, because I had noticed before in some other situations that the cities, uh, Maricopa County tends to have a slower computer system, and it was just something that I noticed that was a possibility that could be done. Um, maybe it's not the best ideal for everybody, but it's something that's still out there that um, potentially you guys could use as an ideal to catch up on. So comment to your comment. Yes. The, so we do have a Department of Economic Security webpage that you, uh, Facebook page that you can do that to as well. And then the complaints get routed from the PIO's office to the particular division. So okay. we do have that. So we're not totally in the Stone Ages. We, we do have, you know, Outlook, email and those kind of things. But just our main case management system is, is aged. 
Okay. Very, thank you. Thank you. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up was um, I'm diagnosed with, um, I have a mental health diagnosis. And with that, I noticed that there's a lot of trouble actually getting through um, the court system and finding help. Um, it's been very hard and very costly because, like I mentioned before, um, being on SSI, it's not a lot of income. Um, and it's very hard to find lawyers or people who can help. Um, while I'm on my budget. And I know there's other people in, um, in, in the United States of America who are, who are growing, growing population of people who are diagnosed with mental health um, concerns. And I'm wondering if there's anything, any initiative or anything on the table that um, is out there that you guys are, are looking at or maybe looking at in the future that might be able to help, it, help us um, navigate through the court system easier in the future. I don't know if I can speak for the court, and, and maybe there's someone here who can, um, but I know that uh, there are a couple of things that have happened, and one of them is the accountability court. So rather from, from a child support enforcement perspective, rather than um, you know putting down the hammer and saying you're going to Tent City because you didn't pay, there are some interim steps there, um, and accountability court is one of those places. Um, we also have a drug court um, for people who are uh, having a substance abuse problem. Right now we don't have, to my knowledge, uh, we don't have a mental health court. Um, however... The services that the the Maricopa County Superior Court provides and that our Supreme Court provides are some self-help services um, for people who can't afford legal representation. We also have, um, please help me with the word, the name of the agency. It's a... um, Community Legal Services. So we have Community Legal Services as well. There's a program through uh, the State Bar of Arizona called Modest Means. So there are some um, resources out there to assist people who are on a limited or low income in order for them to get legal services. But we don't have a specific program that I'm aware of um, to assist people who have a mental health diagnosis and as a result of that are receiving SSDI. Can you guys keep that in mind for the future? Because I know it's that's something that could be really beneficial in getting clear stories across, clear information before things go to trial, or even be preventative um, of keeping people who actually go out there and look for people who are on SSI and uh, take advantage of them. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Um, the only other... Um, The only other place I would recommend, uh, they're on the sixth floor of the Central Court building, um, the Family Law Assistance Project. I'm a big fan of them. Um, They basically schedule half-hour appointments with lawyers, and depending on your income, it's either free or $40 for a half-hour appointment with somebody. And, um, you know, Maricopa County especially has great resources as far as the self-help center and legal forms. And so sometimes it's just, how do I fill up this, or what would be the best way of answering this question? And, you know, good luck in finding an attorney who's going to give you legal advice like that. They're not, that's not going to happen. So I think that's a great resource. It's pretty easy. You can generally, people, when they go in there and they sign up, I think they get seen the same day or they'll schedule a future appointment. So I like uh, Family Law Assistance Project. And then I know there's somebody from the court uh, that has a table back there. So certainly they have a lot of resources there. You may ask them uh, after the panel's done. 
And also, too, you just might want to advocate yourself. You know, set up meetings with those agencies and say, how can we start an initiative? It may not be there. Someone's not thinking at that level yet. And you may be the one to have to get it started. You know, sometimes you have to give research and, and information to those sources to say, how can we start? Or how can we at least get at a, be at a table to talk about it? You know, and sometimes you may be the person to start it. You know, I know you're asking here and there's great services out there, but for what you're saying, it sounds like something you may have to actually start, you know. So hopefully that happens and there's more advocacy for that and, and people with mental health issues because understanding the process is still important as well and should be considered. So thank you for that. Sir. Um, this is for anybody else who uh, I'm also I have mental health. I'm uh, registered severely mentally ill. Uh, they do have mental health court. Um, and actually, if you are interested, I have the information there in my packet. Um, there are a n- number of services that are available for people such as myself that uh, anywhere from food stamps to housing to getting counseling and, and helping through the process of, of the court. Uh, I don't really have a question. I'm, I guess, more speaking into this so that it goes on to the recorder. But um, I just, Is that here in Maricopa or in, in Pima? It, it is in Pima. County, but uh, there are other state agencies that you could probably go through uh, through these other agencies. So, if, if anybody, thank you very much. You're welcome. I appreciate it. Thank you. Go ahead. This is kind of a custody as well as child support issue. Um, I guess my question is because I work at Father Matters, so we get a, a lot of calls of guys who are they're genuinely confused. They think paying the mother has anything to do with seeing their child. So on one side, we know we don't have a custody order, but there's definitely a child support case. So I know the policy is it's different, so we need to go to the court route, get them into the self-help workshops and take them through the process. But really, how can we let the mothers know they don't have the right to do that? And that making sure the fathers know that um, one has nothing to do with the other. Uh, I don't know. Um, you know, whenever that issue comes up, we're usually pretty clear about it. But I think it, it's probably just—I don't—I don't know if you're going to change it. I think it's a part of human nature that, you know, you're not taking care of this child financially, so you don't get the right. This, I mean, it's something that just makes sense to a, like a lay person who doesn't understand the distinction between child support order and then legal decision making and parenting time. Um, I don't know how you're going to change that. Um, well, I mean, it's not just that. It's, it's They're paying their child support order. They're current, but the mom feels like she's not getting enough. So okay. you just can't see your kid. Or, you know, that's just... Well, there's there's legal remedies available. Um, I don't know. I know that's what we work on, but mm-hmm. as far as letting the people at the child support division make sure, because on the case management level and the females that they serve, mm-hmm. let them know that it's not... <laughs> we do make that very clear that our role is simply the financial piece of that and that they have to follow whatever that order comes out regarding the custody or parenting time that we don't have the power to enforce that. And should there be infractions of that, they need to go to the court either side, whether the father is the one saying, Hey, I'm not getting enough time. I need to go. They need to take that action themselves. We statutorily do not get involved in that. And there's a reason for that to keep the monetary side separate from that piece as well. And plus, I would probably have to hire another thousand staff with, you know, the ability to go out and arrest people to do that. And there are other entities that do that when there's, you know, somebody violating a court order. 
Well, I, I guess the only thing I would add is that um, something very important for men and women, moms and dads, to be aware of is that there's no court entity watching you. Nobody's keeping tabs on all of this. So if you don't tell the court that you want something different, nobody knows. Right. And and I, I see this quite often, that there's a sense of indignation that, well, of course I need more child support, or of course I want more parenting time, but that assumes that we're all psychic and reading your mind. So when a dad calls into your organization or a mom calls into anyone's organization and says, well, they're not paying enough support, so I'm withholding parenting time, or a dad says, I pay all the support I'm supposed to pay and I still don't get my parenting time, the reality is that that conversation has zero bearing until it's brought to the court. So I think right. that's that's the first line of defense is to make your wishes known. Okay. Thank you. Uh, I just have a quick, go ahead. Have, go ahead. Um, so uh, when entering into mitigation, is the other party obligated to show up? And if they do come through, is there any kind of obligation to come to a certain agreement by the end of the mitigation? Well, if you're attending court-ordered mediation, mediation, you both have to attend because you've been ordered by the court to be there. And that's as far as it goes. You cannot force someone to come to an agreement. You can't force someone to think your idea is really good. You can't force someone to sign off on terms that they don't agree to. So that's, that's the whole basis of mediation is it's voluntary and you're there to make an agreement between you. So the answer is yes, you can be forced, if you will, to attend mediation, but you cannot be forced to make an agreement. Okay? That means litigation. That's, right. That's litigation. I have a, a couple of questions. The first question I wanted to ask is, is what kind of um, process do you have to, I don't want to say, I don't, I don't really know how to express it, but we see a lot of hurting fathers. We see fathers coming in that, that don't know anything about their rights. They want to see their kids, but they don't want to deal with the baby mama or they don't want to deal with the drama that they had to deal with before. Do you guys have any kind of process for counseling or for anything to address that whole situation and maybe bring the two to an agreement for that child? The only thing we have um, is this great program that Maricopa County Courts um, started where um, when we're at court on establishing an order, so a first child support order for a child, if the parties, um, more often than not in our cases, the parties haven't been married. Um, So they're non-married couples who are having children and then separate and they have to pay child support. So in those cases... We are able to refer them to mediation um, with family court services. Um, That, um, I think, uh, is is very good and it's very useful. So I I think it it puts a mediator there and um, it has both parents and, you know, we're not baby mamas or the drama that you mentioned isn't there. And so I, I think that's a very good program. It encourages, you know, I think that's something that fosters getting a, uh, you know, a fair parenting time, legal decision-making order. Um, other than that, we don't really, again, as Scott said, we're... Hmm? Those voluntary parenting classes that Maricopa County has. Yeah, so we have, anytime we file an action, there's 
parenting classes that are part of um, litigants that they need to, you know, they need to um, finish these classes, take and finish these classes, and they get a lot of information. Um, so, I mean, unfortunately, as Scott mentioned, um, you know, his office. We're going to pause it right there. We're going to pick up next week from that very same spot. I want to thank you for tuning into the Father Matters Show. Send us your questions or comments to info at fathermatters.org. Thank you to my engineer, Jeremy Siegel. Hey, listen, May 4th, join us for our Father Matters Job and Training Institute. May 18th, all you ladies out there, join us for our mother-to-mother workshop. Log on to fathermatters.org for any and all information of upcoming events. See you next week at the same time, same place. Have a safe week. Thank you, and God bless. Thank you.